friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the July 11th edition of the sunny side of sports ladies first on monday show the field is now set for the quarterfinals at the africa women's cup of nations football tournament in morocco our sunny side of sports listeners will remember this tournament doubles as a qualifying competition for the 2023 Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. The winners of the four quarterfinal matches in Morocco will all qualify for the Women's World Cup. There will be two quarterfinals on Wednesday and two quarterfinals on Thursday. On Wednesday, Morocco will host Botswana in the capital, Rabat, and Zambia will play Senegal in Casablanca. On Thursday, South Africa will take on Tunisia in Rabat, and Cameroon will play defending champion Nigeria in Casablanca. Prince Nesta reports the Copper Queens of Zambia finished the top Group B after a big win over Togo. Sporty greetings, Prince. Sporty greetings to you too, Sunny. Gold from Grace Chanda, Irene Lungu, and Siomara Mapepa ensured the Copper Queens of Zambia cruised to a 4-1 win over Togo in Rabat, setting up a quarterfinal with Senegal in the Africa Women's Cup of Nations. In other matches, Houston Dash forward Michaela Abam and Ancient Njoya both recorded their names in the score sheet to help the indomitable Leonesses of Cameroon cruise to a 2-0 win against Tunisia in Casablanca to advance to the last eight. The Super Falcons of Nigeria finished second behind the Banyana Banyana of South Africa in Group C after securing a 4-0 win against Burundi. Banyana Banyana had Alion cruised to a 1-0 win against Botswana. Host the Atlas Leonesses of Morocco also clinched top spot in Group A of the 2022 Women's Africa Cup of Nations after defeating Senegal by a goal to nil. While Burkina Faso and the Crested Cranes of Uganda are both eliminated after playing out to an entertaining 2 all draw in Casablanca. Moving on to the European Women Championship, French footballer of DR Congolese descent Grace Guillermo scored a hat trick. A fellow countrywoman with DR Congolese roots Marie Antoinette Catoto and Delphine Cascarino scored a goal each as France demolished Italy 5 1 in their Group D opener. Justin Van Havermeet also scored from the penalty spot to earn Belgium a point in their opening game against Iceland. Will the heavyweight clash between reigning champions the Netherlands? Netherlands and Sweden ended in a one-all draw in a match that was played at Bramhall Lane. Portugal also fought back from two goals down to earn a two-all draw against Switzerland in their opening Group C match played at Ley Sports Village. Moving on to the transfer window, Arsenal confirmed the signing of Brazilian international Gabriel Jesus from Manchester City for $54 million on a long-term deal. 
The 25-year-old is the Ganassi's fourth signing of the summer following the arrivals of midfielder Fabio Vieira, goalkeeper Mantana and Brazilian forward Marquinhos. In his first interview with Arsenal TV, Jesus spoke about being quote-unquote excited to have signed for Arsenal. I'm so happy to be here to sign for this big club. You know, season day one I knew I can come to play for Arsenal. I was happy, you know. Uh, yeah. I know uh, the staff, I know some players, the Brazilian ones, you know, I know he has uh, have a lot of players, top players, amazing players, the youngest, I still young as well. So yeah, I'm so happy to be here to, to help. I come to help, to learn as well and to try to do my best. The Brazilian international also had nothing but praise for Arsenal current manager Mikel Lateta, whom he worked with while he was still an assistant manager at City. We spoke a couple of times, you know, about the club, about the players, about the project, you know, the future of the club. So, yeah, was good, was amazing. I believe 100% on Mikel, you know. Uh, I had a very good time with him, you know, before. So, yeah, he's a very good guy and very good coach as well. He helped me a lot, you know. We always uh, stick together uh, after the train session and uh, doing some finishings, doing something, working, you know. He's very, very intelligent guy, you know. He was an amazing player, so he knows something uh, he can uh, teach me, teach the, the young players. So, yeah, uh, I had very good time with him. When asked about the position he's expected to play at Arsenal, here's what the Brazilian Dingerman had to say. I'm number nine. I'm a striker, you know. Uh, I'm so glad. I'm so... I thank God uh, every day, you know, I can be in live and then I can play in uh, three, four positions, different positions, so... Yeah, but I think my position is nice. My best quality is uh, being there on the pitch to help with or without the ball, you know. Of course, I'm nine, I'm striker. Uh, I have to score goals. I come to score goals. I come to help with the goals, with the assists, with everything, with my work, you know. But obviously, I want to score goals. Jesus, who made 236 appearances while scoring 94 goals for City, consequently winning four Premier League titles, three league caps and the FA Cup, also talked about why it takes to have such a winning mentality. Season my my first day on professional uh, team in Palmeiras, I, I had this mentality, you know, come from, I think, inside of me, my heart, you know, and then I start to to play to win uh, with Palmeiras after with the the Olympic uh, team Brazilian team and then with the national team and then City so yeah uh, we we have to go everyone's together you know there's no way no different way to win thanks so yeah I think uh, when you have a good relationship uh, outside of the pitch inside works. Uh, automatic, you know, brilliant. And then, yeah, I have this mentality. Asked about what he initially thought of the Gunners before joining them, he is what Arsenal's new number nine had to say. Very good, very good. You know, I followed Arsenal when I was young because of uh, Henri, you know. Obviously, uh, I'm not following too much uh, 
uh, European teams, but uh, when I, I saw uh, some players who played here, I was like uh, watching like, oh wow, this club is big, this club is, is top, you know, when I come to play against, I was looking to the Emirates, it's very good stadium. So yeah, I'm so excited to play here. Those are Sun's new signing Gabriel Jesus speaking to Arsenal TV shortly after joining the Gunners from Premier League champions Manchester City. Barcelona have announced the signing of Ivorian midfielder Frank Casey and Danish centre-back Andres Christensen on free transfers. Casey joins from AC Milan while Christensen comes in from Chelsea. Serie A champions AC Milan have also signed Belgian striker of Kenyan descent Divo Corrigi on a free transfer from Liverpool. The 27-year-old scored 41 goals in 175 games for the Reds since joining them in 2014. Manchester United have also signed fullback Tyrell Malaysia from Feyenoord on a four-year contract until June 2026. The Netherlands international, who made 136 appearances for Feyenoord, is the first new arrival of Eric Ten Hag's tenure as United manager following his move from Ajax. Dutch midfielder of Ivorian descent Sebastian Haller has also joined Borussia Dortmund from Ajax on a four-year deal. Haller scored 47 goals in 66 games with 11 of these coming in last season's Champions League. The 28-year-old is expected to help fill the void left following Erling Haaland's departure to Manchester City. Gil Di Maria has joined Juventus on a free transfer, while French midfielder of Guinean descent Paul Pogba is also set to join the Turin Des Club for the second time in his career on a free transfer after his contract at Manchester United expired. Chelsea have also agreed a fee with Manchester City for English winger of Jamaican descent Raheem Sterling in a deal worth up to $60 million. City signed Sterling from Liverpool in a $58 million deal in 2015 and he went on to score 131 goals in 339 games. Reporting for the sunny side of sports and Prince Nestor. Thanks, Prince. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I'm Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny and my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Also, please note we've moved our programs to VOAAfrica.com. There you'll find your favorite VOA TV and radio shows, including the sunny side of sports and a whole lot more. Find us on voaafrica.com. This is the voice of America. Washington, Bob, 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 Bob,
Turning to tennis, Novak Djokovic of Serbia and Elena Rabakina of Kazakhstan won the men's and women's singles titles over the weekend at Wimbledon. Djokovic defeated Australia's Nick Kyrgios in four sets, while Rabakina topped Tunisia's Anz Jabur in three sets. Jabur is the first African woman to reach the final of a major tournament in the modern Open era. And she sounds confident that she can one day lift a Grand Slam trophy. You know, uh, that's tennis. There's only one winner, but uh, it's a great first experience for me. And uh, I'm looking forward for my next uh, finals. Uh, I'm sure I will learn a lot from this one. But a uh, positive two weeks for me, and uh, I'm just going to keep my head high. I don't disbelieve in myself, and I know that I'm going to come back and win uh, a Grand Slam for sure. Uh, and, um, you know, this is, this, is, this is tennis, and it's part of it. Uh, I have to learn from it, definitely, and, but I'm very, very positive about it. Anz Jabur also had positive things to say about Elena Rabakina's cool composure on center court at Wimbledon. I'm usually someone that doesn't focus on my opponent, but uh, it could be disturbing. The other person is, is talking or, or, or shouting all, all the time, but um, it's... It's nice to play Elena, to be honest with you. She doesn't make your... Uh, even when you lose against her, she didn't do any big celebration or anything. I need to teach her how to celebrate really good. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Novak Djokovic celebrated again at Wimbledon. As we hear now from the AP's Dave Ferry. Novak Djokovic claimed his 21st Grand Slam title by knocking off Nick Kyrgios. 4-6-6-3-6-4-7-6 for his fourth consecutive Wimbledon crown. Over the moon with... uh joy and happiness of, of uh, experiencing this moment once again. Djokovic was the more consistent of the two over the final two sets as he racked up 31 winners, made only eight unforced errors and faced zero break points in closing out his seventh Wimbledon title. The match tilted when Kyrgios was broken at four all in the third after leading 40 love. I started talking to his box and then, you know, I felt maybe that's the, that's the moment, you know, that where I could break his serve which happened uh, and it was it was a huge momentum shift i think because up to that point we were quite quite even i'm dave ferry thanks dave the tennis world was rocked in march when world number one ash barty at the age of 25 announced her retirement from the sport in this sunny side of sports highlight for 2022 VOA's Gwen Uten tells us more. World number one women's tennis star Ash Barty made her stunning announcement on Instagram during an interview with her close friend and doubles partner Casey Delacqua, who sounded a bit unprepared to hear the news herself. Ash, it's always great to see you. I have a slight inkling. Um, I know why I'm here. Probably don't want to acknowledge it, but why am I here today? Um, yeah, I kind of wasn't quite sure how I was going to do this, but I think so many times in my life, both my professional and my personal, you've been there for me. Um, and I just couldn't think there's no right way. There's no wrong way. It's just my way. And this is perfect for me to share it with you, to talk to you about it, um, with my team, my loved ones that I'll be retiring from tennis. And it's the first time I've actually said it out loud. And, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. But I'm so happy and I'm so ready. And I just know at the moment in my heart for 
me as a person, this is right. Barty's surprise exit comes at the peak of her career. She won the French Open title in 2019 and Wimbledon in 2021. She lifted her third Grand Slam trophy at the Australian Open in front of her home crowd. She's only the fifth woman to be ranked number one in the world for three consecutive years, and she seemed poised to reach even more success. But the 25-year-old says she has fulfilled all of her goals in the sport and admits her perspective changed after achieving her dream of winning at Wimbledon last year. To be able to win Wimbledon, which was my dream, my, the one true dream that I wanted in tennis, um, that really changed my perspective. And I just had, a, I just had that gut feeling after, after Wimbledon um, and had spoken to my team quite a lot about it. And there was just a little part of me that wasn't quite satisfied, wasn't quite fulfilled and then came the challenge of of the Australian Open and I think that for me just feels like the most perfect way my perfect way to to celebrate what an amazing journey my tennis career has been. Barty says her dislike for the touring life and time spent away from home has finally taken its toll. I know how much work it takes to, to bring the best out of yourself and I've said it to my team um, multiple times. It's just I, I don't have that in me anymore. I don't have the the physical drive, the emotional um, want, and and kind of everything it takes to to challenge yourself at the very top of the level anymore. And I think I just know that I'm absolutely I, I, I am spent. Um, I just know physically I have nothing more to give, and that for me is is success. I've given absolutely everything I can. Um, to, to this beautiful sport of tennis and I'm really happy with that and for me that that is my success. Tributes continue to pour in to honor Barty as both an athlete and a role model in the sport. Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison thanked Barty for quote inspiring a generation of young people and particularly a generation of young indigenous people in Australia. Former men's world number one Andy Murray of Britain tweeted happy for Ash Barty gutted for tennis. What a player. Tennis Australia CEO Craig Tiley wrote, enjoy retirement and this next chapter of your life. We can't wait to support you in whatever you choose next. And friend and doubles partner Casey Delacqua had this to say. I know I speak for so many um, people and to say thank you. Thank you for everything that you've given to our sport. Um, having known you for so long, one thing I know is that you make decisions that are right for you and they've always worked out and you've done it your way and I think that's really brave. I think that's really credible and um, so thank you for everything that you've done for our sport. Thank you for giving us you, Ash Barty. And that is all for me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uten. And this Ash Barty update She's ruled out making a career change into professional golf despite popping up at the famous St. Andrews course in Scotland. Ash Barty played in a celebrity foursome and she was paired with former English cricket star Kevin Peterson. The 150th Open Championship Golf Tournament will be played from July 14th to July 17th at St. Andrews. I'm VOA's Sonny Young, 
And you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Athletics Championships will begin Friday, July 15th in the northwest U.S. city of Eugene, Oregon. This will mark the first time the championships have been held here in the USA. The track and field action will take place at the University of Oregon's Hayward Field, which has a history spanning more than 100 years. Now, Team Australia will feature the oldest and youngest athletes in Eugene. 49-year-old Kelly Ruddick is entered in the women's 35-kilometer race walk, while 17-year-old Claudia Hollingsworth will compete in the women's 800 meters. Ruddick will become the oldest ever athlete to compete in a women's event at the World Championships. Overall, Team Australia is sending 64 athletes to the USA. Meanwhile, Team Nigeria will feature 22 athletes for the World Championships. To find out more, Iron Mike Mbonye contacted the head of media for the Athletics Federation of Nigeria, Dare Esson. The Athletics Federation of Nigeria selected 22 athletes to represent uh, the country at the World Athletics Championship uh, holding from uh, July 15 to July 24th. And uh, 14 of those selected actually made the entry qualifications and those are the ones that have been competing in the individual events because you can't compete in those events if you don't meet the entry standards set by the by the governing body for the sport. So 15 of, uh, 14 of them made the entry standard, some by meeting the qualification standard, some through the award ranking, then two others through being area champions. I'm talking about the feed eventers, Shadi Olatoye in the hammer and uh, Chomo Yekure in the discourse. Team Nigeria's list to the World Athletics Championships comprised mostly young athletes mixed with some experienced ones. Any reason for this mix? The team is a mixture of experienced athletes and youth. Um, and it wasn't really deliberate, I must confess, because if you qualify, you meet the entry standard. It doesn't matter whether you are young or old. Uh, but luckily, most of them are young because uh, some of them are athletes who graduated from the World Under 20 Championship last year in Nairobi. Fifo uh, Philly was there, uh, was in Nairobi. Uzurike, um, the 200 meter world champion in, at the Under 20 level, was in Nairobi. Ezekiel Nathaniel, the new sensation, the new national record holder in the 400 meters of those, was also there in uh, in Nairobi and a couple of others. Even Gosling uh, again a broomer that is running in the relays because we have eight others who are running in the relays. So they made the team by virtue of being relay athletes. So that's why we have 22 athletes that will be competing at the at the World Championship. Vary, do you think Team Nigeria has chances of podium performances? at the World Athletics Championships. 
we have uh, good chances of, of, of meddling. I remember three years ago, we had only one medalist that uh, was a long jumper is a Brumen who has uh, become the only the only Nigerian athlete in the last 15 years or there about to win medals at the World Indoor, World Outdoor and the Olympics. And so uh, I think she's uh, seeking to make history as the first to win medals in two consecutive World Athletics Championships. Then we have um, the sprint hurdler, Tobia Muson. Remember, she was fourth at the Olympics last year, and she was also fourth at the World Championship three years ago in Doha. So I think um, with what she has been doing in the circuit so far, including running a new 12.41 seconds African record. Sporting greetings. This is Toby Muson, 100-meter hurdles, African champion, African Games record holder, national champion, Commonwealth Games champion, Olympic finalist, and um, the Diamond League trophy winner. You're listening to the sunny side of sport on The Voice of America. I think, I think she might make it to the podium. And she, and she, if she does, she will be becoming the second Nigerian in that event. If I in any sprint or those event, both men and women, to win a medal at the World Championship. Remember, in 1999, Gloria Luzé won silver medals in Seville. So those two are our brightest medal holes. So we are looking at um, the short put. Chukwebuke Nekoisi was fifth. I was eighth at the last edition in Doha. And, and and I'm sure he will be looking forward to you know improving on that standing. Then the favorite Philly, uh, remember she holds the, the Nigerian record in the 200 meters, and she's the second fastest African ever uh, by virtue of the 21.96 seconds she ran in the U.S. in April. And I think she's capable of going even faster than that. And if she does, then I think she can get to the podium in uh, in Oregon. And if, if it's in the 200 meters, then that will make her the second Nigerian after blessing Okagwari to win medals in the 200 meters event. And if it's in the 100, where you never can tell because she has done the 10, 1093 this year. And, and I think she's also capable of running faster. So if she runs faster and she's able to get, um, get in the mix and make, make the podium, then she'll become the first Nigerian, male, male or female, to win a 100 meters uh, medal. I remember we are still going for our first gold medal in the history of the championship. I'm not too sure if we can get that. I think our best bet will be in both the 100 meters hurdles and the long jump, where it's a broomer will be competing. And she has proved to be a big occasion athlete. Uh, she has a big occasion temperament. And I believe that, uh, I think we have a good opportunity of winning more than one medal this time around. I think the last time we won more than one medal was uh, in 2013 when Blessing Okagbari won, um, uh, I think a silver in the long jump and a bronze in the 200 meters. Then before that, I think it was in 1999 when Obi and uh, Burial also won two medals. So I think this time around we might get two or more medals and it will be pretty good for Nigeria. That's Dare Esan, the head of media for the Athletics Federation of Nigeria. And he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Lagos, Nigeria. Sporty greetings. This is Esabrume, three times African champion in long jump. You're listening to the sunny side of sport on The Voice of America. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African Beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music. From bobo music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to Dumbolo and Makosa to Kwaito. The African Beat on VOA has it all. 
and it's happening right here. Mondays through Fridays at 0905 and 2005 UTC right after the international news. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy, the host of the VOA's African Beat music show. Still on The Athletics Beat, Team Kenya led all African countries on the medals table at the last World Championships held in 2019 in Doha. The Kenyans won a total of 11 medals, 5 gold, 2 silver, and 4 bronze. I expect Team Kenya will once again lead the African charge in Eugene, Oregon. The team is loaded with running talent. And all five of Kenya's world champions from Doha in 2019 will defend their titles in Eugene. Now, one of those returning world champions is Helen O'Beary, who has two world titles at 5,000 meters on her running resume. O'Beary will go for a third consecutive world title at 5,000 meters, and she's also scheduled to compete at the 10,000-meter distance in Eugene. Another Kenyan woman scheduled to compete in two events is Mary Mora, who will run at both 400 meters and 800 meters. Meanwhile, in the men's 800 meters, 18-year-old Noah Kibet has replaced Cornelius Tawai on Team Kenya. Also running the 800 meters for Team Kenya in Oregon, our Olympic champion, Emmanuel Career, another Emmanuel, Emmanuel Wanyoni, and Wycliffe Kinyamo. And that wraps up the July 11th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports.